Hello, and thank you for joining us again. Welcome to Zooming In on Hate, a podcast series that brings together the brightest minds to figure out solutions to hate speech and disinformation. So in our podcast series, we regularly speak to various voices from tech, from civil society, law enforcement, and also policymakers to identify, analyze the latest social media trends. And this series is part of the European Observatory of Online Hate, or EOOH in short. And today we've got a very special edition for you. And we're bringing together two organizations who are doing wonderful work in the field of hate speech and diversity. Today we will be zooming in on LGBTQ plus related hate. I'm Lydia Elkuri and I'm with Texgain. And my name is Jordi Nijnijs and I'm the co-founder of Dare to be Grey. Right. So it's really, it's a great pleasure to welcome Tamás Beretz, who's operational manager from Inach and Igle Kukturaite, communications manager with Associa LGL. So thanks a million for joining us on Zooming In on Hate. So to get us started, um, let's start with Tamás. Um, can you tell us a bit about the work that you do with Inach? Yes, um, thanks for having me. Um, you know, Enoch was founded in uh, 2002 uh, by Magenta Foundation. That was a Dutch complaints bureau for hate speech on uh, online uh, surfaces. And Jugendschutz.net, uh, which is a German uh, youth protection uh, NGO, or it used to be an NGO, now it's more of a state uh, authority by now. Um, and they deal still with uh, hate speech and terrorist content and, uh, and you know, exploitation of children and many other very, very important fields. Um, and since 2002, Enoch, uh, you know, tries to combat uh, cyber hate uh, every way possible. Uh, in the beginning, that was mostly based on detection and, and removal. Um, but by the time I joined um, the organization, that was in 2016, uh, we started slowly, you know, broadening uh, our approach to combating hate speech. Um, and by now we try a mixture of monitoring, removal, research, education, uh, awareness raising, advocacy, and, and every other method, uh, you know, to, to tackle the issue of online hate speech, um, you know, as we say, to bring the online in line with human rights. It's fantastic to see how your repertoire has expanded so much over the years, Tamash, in reaction to how our, our situation has evolved. Now, Igle, your organization, Associa LGL, is part of the Inach network. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yes, so I'm glad to join you. Our organization was established in 1993 when uh, homosexuality was decriminalized decriminalized in Lithuania. So we are the only LGBT rights organization in Lithuania and uh, so we have many different activities and we try to cater for all the needs of uh, Lithuanian LGBT community. Of course it's not uh, an easy job but uh, we try to focus uh, on many different things and hate speech and hate crimes was always 
on our agenda because uh, LGBT hatred is the most prevalent form of hatred online in Lithuania. So since we were occupied uh, for many years, uh, homosexuality was and still is considered a very controversial issue in Lithuania. Thanks, yeah, absolutely. And and is this one of the key topics you're focusing on as a network or what, what kind of challenges are you experiencing at the moment? And maybe this is a question to both of you. Yeah, I mean, you know, as the network, uh, obviously we, we long had uh, you know, the dream to have members who are focusing on, on specific, uh, you know, minority groups and, uh, and, and, you know, focusing on specific, protecting the rights of specific uh, communities, uh, you know, that are most vulnerable to hate speech. Um, so as a network, we focus on all types of hate, um, you know, so it's just general online hate speech, but we are very happy that by now we have uh, LGL, um, you know, and uh, Romea and other organizations who are focusing on very specific uh, communities, you know, like the LGBTQ plus community and uh, the Roma community or the Jewish community, you know, if, you th if we think about CST uh, in the UK. And we'd like to dig a little into the Digital Services Act. We've done a podcast with Hate, Hate Aid um, recently on the subject. So we'd love to know um, how important is the Digital Services Act in addressing that, the issues that you're seeing on your network? Um, yeah, I mean... You know, I, I'm not an expert on the DSA, uh, obviously, and HateAid um, and, and their colleagues are, are very, very uh, knowledgeable uh, about it, um, and they do great work uh, related to it. Um, but uh, we do have some idea as to what the DSA will bring, and it's definitely a very, very, um, you know, extensive, uh, um, um, you know, legal document that will basically, you know, that, that touches on everything uh, related to uh, our online lives. Um, and there are many things in there uh, that will hopefully help our cause, um, you know, uh, even in the short uh, run. There are many, um, you know, details on there about uh, addressing hate speech on, on, on online platforms and uh, how they should be removed, um, you know, and how assessment should be provided when somebody reports hate content to the platforms, how much time they have to do that. Uh, you know, there are some uh, possibilities to find platforms if they don't adhere to the DSA uh, that we have uh, lobbied for quite some time, you know, to have some kind of European uh, uh, level legislation that at, at least has the possibility uh, for uh, authorities to find platforms that do not adhere um, to, to, you know, to European law and, and the national laws of the member states. Um, also, you know, it's really great that the companies will have to have um, at least one direct contact within the EU, you know, to deal with the complaints and other legal issues uh, when it comes to illegal content on their platforms, because a lot of platforms right now kind of, uh, you know, they are playing hide and seek with us uh, very often, and it's very hard to reach them um, and, and try to initiate discussions with them about the hate uh, that's on their platform. 
Um, so these are all very, very uh, important things. Um, and then there are parts of the DSA that we are a little bit worried about, um, and we are a little bit anxiously waiting what's going to happen. Uh, you know, the, the DSA will establish uh, national authorities, you know, that will have the power to uh, pinpoint um, trusted flaggers. Um, and, uh, and we just hope, uh, you know, that this will not be hijacked uh, by by governments you know in different countries because right now together with the european commission uh, and the platforms uh, since 2016 we have built a great network of uh, ngos you know that help the commission uh, to check the adherence to the code of conduct on removing illegal content and the illegal hate speech from these platforms um, you know and we've been doing these monitoring efforts um, since uh, late 2016 um, and uh, these NGOs have great experience and expertise you know in this field who have been doing this for years um, such as LGL in in Lithuania and um, and now we are a little bit afraid that in some countries this will be hijacked, you know, when governments don't want to really do something um, or, or, or they want to just pretend that they are doing something, especially in countries such as mine in Hungary. Uh, I am a bit afraid that they will just put together a foundation or some kind of other organization, you know, a CSO um that will be pointed as trusted flagger and you know given a lot of uh, funding by the state but they will be doing you know as they are told to to do and uh, and uh, ngos who have been part of this might be pushed out um so we are a little bit afraid of that uh, but there is a hope that the companies can still maintain the relationship with the ngos that have been involved in this and uh, and you know and then we'll see i guess in the longer run you know how this system will uh, be built out and and how we will be able to fit into it but we will definitely fight you know for our place um in this whole system Thanks. Yeah, it, it seems like there's still a lot of questions surrounding the DSA. No one really knows how, how it will pan out and if it's going to, to make things better, at least. So from your perspective, Ekle, you're you seem to be a bit closer to the fire. Um, how do you think that the DSA will impact your work? Well, I'm not uh, very much informed about uh, the outcomes of this, but uh, uh, generally I see different trends in Lithuania and uh, now uh, it is much easier to find justice on the social media when it comes to hate speech than apply for the law enforcement agencies and ask uh, hey help me uh, there's a hate speech and uh, if you report uh, some comments on the social media, you might get a quick and uh, much better outcome. And uh, the effect is already visible on social media. And so people start to think twice before posting. And some five years ago, it was a completely different uh, picture. It was completely not moderated on the social media. So the work that we do is uh, very important. And we are happy to see 
some changes, uh, but uh, how this DSA will affect our our work, I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. I don't think that anyone knows what lies in the future. I I completely agree, Igle. It's exactly what we're hearing from other guests that we have on zooming in on hate. It's it. I don't think anybody can predict completely how how the implementation is going to go, but. Hopefully, all in all, it will be a positive initiative for our community. Um, in November, Inach is, is hosting a conference, and it's one that's extremely valuable to our community. You're, you're focusing on LGBTQ-plus-related hate. Can you tell us a little bit more about the conference, Tamash, and why, why did you focus on this topic? Yes, um... The conference will be uh, held in Amsterdam um, in uh, November um, and it's going to be a two day long uh, event. Um, we have a um, you know conference usually every uh, year, but this year it's a bit more special because this is our 20 year uh, anniversary or birthday or whatever you might like to. Uh, call it. Uh, so that's why we will have it, uh, uh, you know, as a two day long event on the third and fourth uh, of November. And, uh, you know, it's going to focus on, on multiple things. Uh, but to answer your question quickly before I get into uh, everything else, uh, every year we try uh, to um, you know, focus on one specific part of hate. That's why we have the conference. I mean, you know, all year we are focusing on all these types of hate, uh, but it's sometimes it's really worth, you know, getting really deep into one aspect of, of, of hate speech and, uh, and, and hate, um, you know, and the trends, uh, within that hate type and, and things like that. And, um, in the past, we've had uh, conferences on anti-Roma uh, hate um, and anti-Semitism, you know, that we examined in an intersectional way. And, uh, and you know, now we thought that uh, since in many countries, especially in Eastern Europe, you know, uh, besides or, or after anti-Semitism and anti-Roma hate, you know, uh, anti-LGBTQ uh, uh, plus hate is definitely up there uh, among the top hate types, you know, during our monitorings, uh, we can see that. Um, so for, for years, we have been planning on, on having something, you know, uh, that focuses on that. And, and now we managed to to, to put something together uh, on this topic. Uh, but beyond that, um, as I said, it's going to be a two day long uh, uh, event. And on the first day, uh, we will also have a bit of a history uh, lesson, kind of, um, you know, going through the history of Enoch. Uh, our 20 years uh, of, of, you know, working and, and trying to uh, tackle cyber hate. And also we will focus on some more generic trends, uh, you know, that we were able to observe uh, in the past two decades. And um, also, you know, on, on the newer developments, such as the DSA, uh, we will have uh, very, very interesting, you know, speakers um, um, from HateAid, uh, Josephine Ballon will be there uh, talking about the DSA. And, uh, you know, we will also have um, Caroline Schwartz uh, from uh, Germany, uh, you know, who, who's a, a writer and a journalist and an expert in uh, right-wing extremism. 
Um, we will also, uh, you know, talk about the internationalization of hate. Um, and then on the second day, uh, we will be focusing on anti-LGBT uh, uh, Q plus hate and the gender-based uh, hate also uh, with some, uh, you know, lovely uh, guests and some breakout rooms, you know, and workshops um, where LGL will actually have a very, very big part. Good to hear. That sounds like you're you're tackling issues from different perspectives, different uh, speakers, different topics. Uh, that sounds really exciting. But um, before we get wrapped up in all these different topics, I think we should also focus a bit more on the LGBTQ plus related hate. Um, it seems to be on the rise, right? You know, I'm also based in the Netherlands, and even in what's well supposed to be a tolerant country or labeled as a tolerant country, we see that LGBTQ related hate and related hate crimes are actually on the rise here. So a question for both of you is how, how big of a problem is this currently in Europe? Well, maybe I can start with Lithuania because it's, uh, it's very difficult for me to speak about the whole Europe. I think the situation in Europe is completely different for us uh, in Lithuania we are uh, let's say close to the war zone in Ukraine and uh, we experience a lot of uh, trolling and a lot of attacks from Russia and it interferes with our uh, social media as well. We we noticed that there are some trolls uh, putting out uh, hate speech against LGBT community on social media. So that's uh, uh, a new trend that happened uh, during COVID. Uh, so of course uh, there is a lot of hate speech against LGBT community in Lithuania, but. Uh, now we also see that there are some trolls trying to provoke it and encourage other people to to join in this feast of uh, hate. But uh, I'm, I wouldn't say that in Lithuania it's growing. I would say that people are starting to be aware about hate speech and uh, basically they are more aware of what they, what will happen to them if they post hate speech. In Lithuania, for example, Facebook is the most prevalent uh, social media, so people uh, think if they want to lose access to Facebook uh, twice. So um, hopefully we will work uh, more and the situation will change. Because personally, I see that uh, in the past five years, the, the situation is getting a little bit better and it's uh, starting to become a little more difficult to find hate speech on social media. Well, that's that's a very positive sign. Thank you for sharing. Um, how, how about you, Tomas? I think you, you probably are better informed of the overall European picture. Than any of yes. us. 
Uh, well, well I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure uh, about that, but uh, I mean, we, we do see uh, surprisingly that, I mean, you know, uh, as much as there's been uh, an amazing, uh, you know, and positive development uh, in, uh, in uh, you know, the legal stand, uh, uh, standing of, of, you know, uh, gay uh, people in general, you know, in, in lots of European countries, there's been tremendous, uh, you know, uh, um, legal changes made uh, about marriage equality and adoption, uh, you know, and, and, and other types of, uh, um, you know, changes that really helped, uh, you know, um, the equality uh, uh, movement. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you can definitely see, I just pulled up uh, our latest monitoring uh, report, um, you know, that was based on uh, the monitoring exercise uh, that was carried out last year and, uh, you know, um, hatred based on sexual orientation uh, is definitely uh, among the top two and three uh, hate types uh, that we collect. Now, we have to add that obviously, you know, this is not a representative uh, study or, or research, obviously. Um, uh, since there are multiple organizations focusing on specific hate types, such as, uh, you know, uh, anti-LGBTQ plus hate or anti, uh, uh, you know, Roma hate um, and so on and so forth, they will obviously find more of those types of hate, you know, because they are focusing on them, they are concentrating on them. Uh, but still, you know, it says a lot uh, that right next to, uh, you know, xenophobia that also includes in our research anti-migrant, uh, anti-refugee hate, uh, you know, uh, hate based on sexual orientation is right up there, uh, basically. So, for instance, in that report, 18% of all collected cases um, were, uh, you know, related to uh, sexual orientation. and. I mean, that's, uh, that's quite a few cases, um, you know, that's uh, hundreds of cases, because usually during a monitoring exercise, around 40 NGOs collect uh, thousands and thousands of cases. Uh, so 20% of that is, is quite um, a lot. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting, um, you know, to see that uh, strange dichotomy um, in, in, in this field, where there is definitely great progress made, uh, you know, on the state side, uh, but for some reason, uh, we are still lagging uh, quite a bit behind. But obviously, you know, there are huge differences. As you said, even in the Netherlands, uh, you can observe uh, a rise uh, in that. Uh, but in general, there's still a major difference, I think, between Western and Eastern Europe and culturally Eastern European societies. And by that, I mean, you know, the uh, former Eastern Bloc um, are about like 20 years uh, behind, not necessarily legally, uh, but culturally and, and tolerance wise, uh, it's, it's quite uh, definitely uh, there. And sadly, you know, in, in many states, uh, politicians uh, try to use this uh, for their own political gains. Uh, you know, and in Hungary, there's been a very, very organized uh, and, and the state pushed, um, you know, propaganda uh, war, basically, you know, waged against LGBTQ plus communities uh, here in Hungary, you know, where they are likened to uh, uh, pedophiles and, uh, and people that, you know, children should be protected from. Um, 
so it's uh, it's it's definitely not a nice picture and i think in poland you know the situation is very very similar and as egla said you know in lithuania it's one of the highest you know hate types that they can observe you know um so uh, there is still definitely a very very uh, long way to go uh, and we haven't even really got into you know uh, transsexual people um uh, who face you know terrible terrible hate crimes um you know in in most countries and uh, and they are being ostracized ostracized even in 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 western countries very often that that segues perfectly tamas into the next thing i wanted to mention which is a tiny a tiny ray of light um in that cloudflare has deplatformed kiwi farms which is good news all round that um that that dangerous um dangerous site has been deplatformed and on that note iglea i wanted to ask you about the situation in lithuania whether online harms like places like kiwi farms are leading to offline real world harm in in your experience what are you seeing yes um definitely i mean it's been uh, you know one of the uh, cornerstones of our work you know that uh, um usually uh, violence against uh, uh, you know uh, vulnerable communities don't just come come out of nothing um even if we uh, you know examine it from a historical point of view um for instance antisemitism in germany you know the holocaust didn't just happen from one day to another i mean there was years and years of propaganda you know and hate mongering uh, that uh, predated that you know to prepare people uh you know for the awful things that they uh, did afterwards um and we see the same uh, thing and sadly yes there are a lot of uh, platforms uh that uh, help uh you know extremists and hateful people to to radicalize uh you know uh, especially young people very often um so you can see really this uh, trend on multiple sides uh that were sometimes even put together to to propagate hate uh, you know under the uh, false pretenses of supporting free speech um you know and uh, and many people moved from uh, mainstream social media sites as facebook and twitter who are uh, doing uh, better and better with uh, with uh, moderating their platforms uh, to you know these underground uh, uh, platforms such as 4chan and 8chan and gab uh, and telegram and vk um you know where there's still basically no moderation at all or just really minor um you know and and uh, in many cases you can see uh when a violent attack happens such as christchurch uh you know in new zealand um or or other attacks in the us and in in europe uh that uh, the person who who carried out you know the actual attack uh had accounts on on 4chan or 8chan or gab and had been you know uh, uh posting memes and more and more hateful content you know and you can follow their radicalization through their posts basically there uh, and how the community kind of normalizes their uh, uh, ideology you know and and kind of eggs them on you know until they commit uh, their heinous uh, act of violence um you know and then they post their manifesto there usually that's the final step you know before before the attack happens um 
so definitely that's a very very major problem and hopefully the dsa will will help to address this because even these websites you know if they want to operate within the eu uh, they will have to have contact persons you know and and they have to uh, according to the dsa they will have to uh, adhere to european law uh, but on the other hand we know that you know online it's very hard to block and stop things and and with vpn services and and other technical solutions people can usually reach sites that are blocked in certain areas um, so i don't know how effective this will be but it's it's high time that we try to do something uh, against these platforms because they are producing you know uh, ever more dangerous individuals and Igle, what's your experience of, of online harm translating into offline real world harm? Well, in Lithuania, it's, uh, it's very um, difficult to see because most, uh, most crimes are not reported because LGBT community is, uh, well, it, they don't trust the police so they don't want uh, to be victimized again to report uh, uh, minor things and they they don't uh, speak about these crimes of course we didn't have didn't have major incidents recently but uh, mostly uh, people who are very vocal and organizations that are working in this area they are subjected to hate crimes a few years ago our office was uh, uh, office door was burned and uh, the police didn't do anything they said it's just a random vandalism so it's uh, really difficult uh, to make uh, police see that it's a hate crime. Uh, they don't usually get into too much detail and uh, select the category that is uh, uh, most uh, common, let's say. But uh, I wouldn't say that uh, online hate translates to random hate on on individual members of lgbt community in lithuania i would say that mostly activists who are speaking about lgbt issues and are very vocal they are the targets mainly oh well i'm, I'm sorry to hear that uh, egle about those those events happening um I'm I'm curious to hear it. We we've touched upon this already, both of you. We've we've, we've heard some groups or actors that are contributing to this kind of um, hate. What other kinds of groups or people are actively pushing these narratives? Well, in Lithuania, of course, uh, there are um, well Lithuanian. Uh, political system is very strange to <laughs> people outside in Lithuania. So in Lithuania, the parties on the left are against LGBT issues, against LGBT community, while uh, the current government who is on the right, the conservative party and the liberals are pushing LGBT 
uh, issues and uh, they are trying to push uh, same-sex partnership in Lithuania. So basically parties on the left, they are using this um, LGBT issue as their political uh, gain. They, uh, they, they are trying to say that now there is a war in Ukraine and Lithuanians are very tired and dedicated uh, to support Ukrainians. So that's why we don't have to um, have this uh, same-sex partnership law. So they will find any kind of uh, thing to say that, uh, well, LGBT people can wait for better, better times in the future and let's not even discuss this because discussion in society makes people angry. So there are definitely many politicians who are using LGBT issues and uh, spreading hate speech. But uh, of course, uh, we have many Russian interference when it comes to LGBT issues. And uh, I'm very sad that Lithuanian people are still not realizing that this homophobia that is being pushed smells like Russia. So if, if we are so keen on supporting Ukrainians, we should think more and act like like the Ukrainians who are supporting the same-sex uh, partnership and discussions even during the war that is happening. So I hope that uh, Lithuanians will realize that uh, homophobia stinks with Russia. That's a that's a very valid point. Thanks. Um, how 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 about the rest of Europe, Tomas? This sounds like a well, quite different context in a way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not uh, uh, obviously familiar with uh, with every country in Europe, but um, you know, homophobia is definitely an interesting one because surprisingly, very similarly to anti-Semitism, there's a very long and traditional. Uh, religious base, uh, you know, to homophobia, uh, uh, obviously, um, and I think in in uh, in many Eastern European countries, uh, you know, different churches still have a pretty big influence on 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 what people think about the LGBTQ plus uh, community. Um, as I said, in Hungary, um, you know, the government specifically has been attacking, um, you know, the the community. Uh, quite a lot, uh, especially uh, transgender uh, people, but in, in general. And, uh, you know, Russian propaganda definitely uh, seeps into Hungary too, although very interestingly, uh, Russian propaganda is much more about, um, you know, uh, the Ukrainian government being hungarophobes, um, you know, because of the uh, you know, of their um, official language use laws and, and other laws that they brought in in the last couple of years that was mainly targeted against, you know, Russian-speaking uh, people uh, living in the Ukraine. But in the Ukraine, there is a pretty large uh, uh, Hungarian population uh, close to the Hungarian border since the First World War. 
um, uh, so you know that uh, very sensitively you know touched on 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 the Hungarian government obviously um, so there are these other parts of the conflict um, but in Europe general um, I think um, that most homophobia comes from uh, uh, you know, most likely this religious point uh, of, of view in general. And then there's just, uh, you know, uh, sheer ignorance, I think. And, and in a lot of people's heads, um, you know, far-right uh, uh, people and, and far-right influencers, if you, if you, you know, if you want to use that word, can plant these ideas, you know, that... Uh, that gay people are dangerous to children, uh, you know, or that uh, trans uh, women are just men dressing up as women so they can, you know, assault women uh, in their, uh, you know, in, 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 in female bathrooms and, and stuff like that. Uh, so there's an awful lot of uh, disinformation uh, going uh, around. Um, and now, you know, especially in the US, but I guess uh, it's partially in Europe too, the monkeypox uh, outbreak, uh, you know, that uh, the far right side of the Republican Party jumped on right away, you know, that how come if monkeypox is a sexually transmitted disease, then children are starting to, to getting it, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a very thinly veiled uh, uh, dog whistle, um, you know, to homophobia and obviously nothing is uh, true about it because monkeypox is not sexually transmitted. Um, so there are a lot of uh, uh, things behind this. I just think, you know, that there is uh, an openness in some parts of society for homophobia. And, and by now we live in a world where politically nothing is off the table. Um, so if a politician, you know, feels that they can gain something by pushing some kind of hatred, they will most likely do it blatantly and without any like scruples, um, you know, very often. Thanks a million, Tamash. And thanks to both of you. The insights you're sharing are, are so, so interesting. And unfortunately, um, um, Victor Orban's worldview has, has gained even more traction with his, in his speech at the CPAC conference in, in the United States. So I, I think he's, um, he's not just um, encouraging intolerance in, in Hungary. I think it's, it's, it's increasing around the world. So back to Inach's 20th anniversary conference. Igle, can I ask you what, what, how, what's the significance of the focus being LGBTQ plus um, at this conference for you and for your organization? Well, I'm glad that uh, this conference will focus on LGBT issues because uh, generally organizations that work on hate speech and hate crimes they tend to focus on on all things or on completely one thing so i think it's always good to learn what are the trends in other areas i myself am very interested in hate speech and various forms uh, of hate speech so it's always good to brighten the horizons and also there are different uh, trends that uh, sort of connect uh, for example xenophobia and homophobia and there the hate speech uh, usually comes sometimes comes on several grounds so 
it's it's very important and also since we recently joined inach well it's uh, it's glad i'm we are glad to be able to uh, share our experience and also learn more and uh, i'm also happy that our executive director will be joining and sharing his personal story because he is the first lgbt activist in lithuania who is still continuing to uh to do uh lgbt activism and um well he ha he's a public person and he also has many um instances of hate speech and hate crimes and uh, he has uh, more than 30 years of experience in this area thanks yeah that's that sounds like a very interesting story and i'm definitely looking forward to to joining that session uh, and i'm sure that our listeners would also like to join this interesting um, but also very important conference so tomas final words to you how can people join um, yes, the information is not uh, out yet, um, you know, but in the coming weeks, we will be publishing all the information related to the conference um, on our social media platforms and on our website. Uh, people will have to register. And, you know, if you are in Amsterdam already or if you have the means to get there, uh, then, uh, you know, it's going to be held uh, there. And after registration, uh, you can come and see us uh, live. But uh, the conference will also be uh, streamed uh, on our social media platform uh, platforms. Um, I think uh, probably for that, you will also have to uh, register uh, to receive the links uh, to the stream. Uh, but yeah, anyways, the point is that if you want to join, but you cannot come to Amsterdam, then you will be able to follow us uh, online on both days. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to to it as well, Tamas. So, Igle, Tamas, thanks a million for joining us on Zooming In on Hate and for the insights that you've shared with us today. It's been a, an absolute pleasure speaking to you both. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having us and uh, it was a very enjoyable conversation. Thank you. Thank you as well. And thank you to our listener for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to our mailing list and you can sign up at www.eooh.eu. Uh, so you'll be updated on the next episode. You can also join the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter. And I'll make sure to drop a link to the Inach website in, on our website so ca people can sign up for the conference as well. So thanks again to Tamas Beretz, Operational Manager of Inach, and Igle Kuktoaite, who's the Communications Manager at Associa LGL. And we'd like to give a special shout out to our funder, who is the, it's the European Commission's Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme by DG Just um, for making this project possible. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you or hear you the next time. Thanks, bye.